You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Nikki Stott. I'd like to pay my respects to country and to all the elders, past, present and emerging, who've been part of the struggle for so long for sovereignty and self-determination. I stand today delighted that the World Heritage Committee meeting in Phnom Penh in Cambodia has today agreed to the extension of the Tasmanian Wilderness World Heritage Area so that 170,000 hectares will be added to the Tasmanian Wilderness World Heritage Area, Mr Deputy President. This is an exciting day, not only for Tasmania, but for the world, because the world has recognised that these forests are of outstanding universal value to humankind. This extension of our World Heritage Area means that these forests will be protected for all time. That is an amazing tribute to the people who have worked for that. And I go back to this campaign started in the early 1980s. No one will forget the Helsham Inquiry, Farmhouse Creek, and then in 1989 when we moved to put these forests into the World Heritage Area then, and it was resisted. Over the years, it was uh, Senator Bob Brown, it was Peg Putt, it was my colleagues in the Tasmanian Parliament who fought for the protection of these areas together with so many people in the community, the Wilderness Society, ACF, not to mention people in the Huon Valley Environment Centre, Still Wild, Still Threatened, all the direct action groups, the wilderness photographers, the artists in Tasmania who worked so hard. And now we're seeing the sticks, the, the forests of the sticks, the World Valley, the Florentine, the Western Tiers, the glaciated landscapes of Mount Field, all going into the extension to the Tasmanian Wilderness World Heritage Area. I also welcome the fact that uh, the World Heritage Committee has called on the Tasmanian and Australian governments to assess the cultural heritage of the area, and I would include in that areas beyond the area that's currently been listed, but looking at that Tasmanian Aboriginal heritage for the longer term, and I look forward to those assessments. I note that the coalition has opposed this extension to the Tasmanian Wilderness World Heritage Area and remains opposed, and it is now. It is, now, um, it is now protected for all time, and I would urge the coalition to get behind this nomination and recognise what a fantastic thing it is for Tasmania and Australia to now be able to proudly say that those forests so long campaigned for are to be protected, will be protected, will be looked after for the future. And I In 2013, the so-called Forest Peace Deal was supposed to address the problem of unsustainable logging practices in Tasmania and bring an end to the decades-long struggle of forest protectors against government and big business. Or was it? Almost immediately after this compromise deal went through, government and big industry set about undermining any conservation value it might have had, and it's been business as usual with dodgy Tas forest logging practices ever since. In April this year, the 2013 logging moratorium ends, removing what limited protections still remain for Tassie's high conservation value forests. 
And government and big industry have already earmarked at least 70% of the 504,000 hectares that were originally promised protection in 2013, including icons such as the Styx and Upper Florentine. Meanwhile, on the ground, forest activists have continued to organise and protest the continued logging of these old-growth and native forests that should have been protected all along, while copying the age-old relentless flack from their haters that the so-called peace deal was supposed to bring an end to. This week on Earth Matters, we catch up with Lisa Searle from Bob Brown Foundation, who gets us up to speed with the rapidly shifting landscape of forest activism in Tassie. My name's Lisa Searle. I am a general practitioner and I've also been campaigning in Tasmania's forests for about 12 years. So I've been involved in forest campaigning for quite a while and I've been involved in a number of campaigns. And over the past five years or so, I've been um, an active campaigner with the Bob Brown Foundation and doing a lot of forest campaigning in the Tarkine. It has been a really interesting time since 2013 and I think the, the regional forest agreement and the forest peace deal and everything that came out of that caused a lot of confusion and actually damaged the movement in quite a big way and we've seen... Um, you know, we're seeing now a resurgence in direct action in the forest and we're seeing a resurgence in um, people actively protecting these forests, but we were missing that for a few years, despite the fact that during those years, logging of old growth forests has never stopped. So the, the Liberal government has been actively pushing for ongoing logging of old growth forests since 2013 and before that and and after that and you know nothing really ever changed that much from that point of view the main thing that changed through the the regional forest agreement was the public perception of the situation Mm, and and i i find it quite interesting speaking to people now and bringing to light some of the situations that are happening in the forest and people say to me oh, I thought that logging in old growth areas of Tasmania was a thing of the past. I didn't think we were logging old growth forests anymore, which is really interesting. And then and then I, I discuss this with a lot of people and, and I'm able to tell them, no, logging of old growth forests in Tasmania has never stopped and it is still ongoing today. And also this breakdown, as you say, of the movement, which I feel like it's happening everywhere, but Tassie's um, such a really pertinent example of it and it's it's a shame to see that what's happened to environmental activism and forest activism across the board over the last mm. decade has really been smashed but it's so great to yeah. still see you all going strong there if you had to identify getting back to old growth forests um say three major areas of concern at the moment in tasmania in regards to logging where would mm. you identify yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of threatened forest in Tasmania and when you actually look at the map, it is really scary how much threatened forest there, there is in Tasmania at the moment. And what's even scarier is that on the 8th of April this year, there's going to be a moratorium lifted on 365,000 hectares of native forest, which will be opened up for logging. And at the moment, those forests are called future potential production forests. So the Liberal government is going to open all of that area up for logging on the 8th of April. So we're going to see even more threatened forests in Tasmania. I don't think I could pinpoint it to a couple of areas. I mean, obviously, the Tarkine is an incredible area that I'm very passionate about and that we really need to see protected. But there's so many other areas as well. There's um, there's Wentworth Hills, there's forests in the the northeast of Tasmania, um, there's forests in the south of Tasmania, in the Denison, 
and in the sticks and in the Esperance forests. So there's so many areas in Tasmania that are threatened and it looks like the situation for those forests is only going to get worse in the next couple of months. That's really uh, disturbing to hear. And, of course, they are still threatening people with arrest too. Yeah, I I have been – I've personally been actively blockading in the Tarkine for the past three years. So we have been blockading in a number of different areas across the Tarkine um, depending on where we needed most, and that's been going on for about three years. We have had an increase in activity or an increase in arrests over the past – six months, um, which has been quite interesting. So we've had people arrested in the sumac forest where we've had a blockade running for over a year. Um, More recently in the last couple of weeks, we've had a number of people arrested in the Kew forest and in Boko forest, so those areas that are further south in the Tarkine, um, where logging was starting up in uh, incredibly ancient old-growth rainforest. Um, So we, we luckily were able to find out that that logging was happening and get in there very quickly. And in both of those situations, in Kew River and in Boko, we were able to stop the logging and they moved out. That's fantastic news. And what was the situation with the blockade? You had tree sits and other kinds of uh, direct action stuff going on or...? Yeah, in all of the forest blockades that we've had in the Tarkone over the past three years, we use a lot of different blockade structures. So we have tree sit platforms um, up in the trees, anywhere from 20 metres up to 55 metres up in, um, usually in old growth eucalypt trees or sometimes myrtles. Um, And we use a number of other different techniques. We have tripods up. Um, The sumac camp at the moment, um, as I say, has been holding strong since the beginning of November. So we have, we we actually had a, a few issues in October with police coming and removing people from camp and people getting arrested. But since the beginning of November, we have had a constant presence there. Um, We've got a number of blockade structures there and there's a number of people out there in the Sumac Forest right now who are holding that forest. So that blockade is still ongoing because um, I think another public perception now is that it's okay now in the Tarkine, but that's obviously not the case. Yeah, it's not the case at all, unfortunately, and and there is this public perception that the Tarkine is protected. And one of the interesting things when you look at it on a map is that a lot of the Tarkine area is covered by either conservation areas or regional reserves. But unfortunately, what those titles mean is very little. So a conservation area or a regional reserve has very little protection and they are still able to go in there and you know, do mining exploration, they are still able to go in and log a lot of those forests. And so even though when you look at the map, you think, oh, it looks like quite a lot of the Tarkine is protected, it's not. And until Mm. we actually get protection, durable and um, sustainable protection in the form of national park and eventually world heritage, those forests are not going to be safe and they're not going to have the level of protection that they need to stop the logging. Tree sits and blockades have been ongoing in the Tarkine region for a while now and protectors have maintained a blockade at Sumac Ridge since last year despite the pressure of ongoing arrests and harassment. In early Feb, protesters successfully forced contractors to withdraw from a southeast coop in the Tarkine and just two weeks ago, four people were arrested for locking on at the Tarn Timber Mill at a protest against the scheduling of old-growth Tarkine forests for supply to Tarn. 
Last week, the TASGov attempted to officially and specifically ban the Bob Brown Foundation from engaging in protest activity and threaten them with fines up to half a mil via its work health and safety regulator and the Tasmanian Department of Justice. However, they backed down on Wednesday this week after the Bob Brown Foundation successfully stood up for their rights by pushing for retaliatory legal action on the basis that it is unconstitutional to criminalise protesting. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. This week on the show, Lisa Searle from Bob Brown Foundation in Tassie takes some time out from the front line to sit down with us for an urgent update on the ongoing crisis with old-growth native forest logging in the face of climate emergency. And so, of course, also with the Takai and the double sort of issue there is that it's logging, but there's also mining going on in there too, isn't there? There is, and I, I've also been involved over the years with um, the campaign against mining companies looking to open up new mines in the Tarkine, and that's gone a little bit quieter in recent years, um, and it's not the it's not at the forefront of our campaign at the moment, but it is still on the back burner because there are minerals there, unfortunately, and whilst those minerals are sitting there so close to the surface, there are big mining companies that really want to come in and exploit those areas. So that's very much still on our radar and um, we are still actively monitoring that and, and trying to make sure that no new mines will get set up in the Tarkine. Oh my goodness, it's so much work for you. And when you say we, like, who's on the ground with you? How much support have you got? The support that we have is absolutely phenomenal. I, um, I've, as I say, I've been working on the ground in the Tarkine for 12 years and I have never seen so much public support as what we have right now. And it's almost like people are really starting to awaken to the issues. And I think um, because of the, the threat and the scare um, of climate change, people are becoming more aware of issues like this and people are becoming more aware of forest degradation and deforestation as being big drivers behind climate change. And people are really wanting to get involved. So I, at the moment, I'm just getting overwhelmed with support from people. People are getting in touch with me every day asking, how can I get involved? What can I do to help? Um, which is really fantastic to see. And on the ground, we, we're working as the Bob Brown Foundation. Um, there's a number of activists that are on the ground and we really encourage people to come out to the camp. We've got the Sumac camp set up. We really encourage people to come out and visit, experience these forests and see what we're protecting and, and come along and just spend a few days hanging out and, and seeing what you can do to help. Um, but obviously for people that can't make it there, there are other ways to get involved and getting in touch with the Bob Brown Foundation through the website is a really great starting point. So bobbrown.org.au is the website and you can also look us up on Facebook and see what we're up to, follow our page on Facebook and get the updates that way. Yeah, it really seems like Bob Brown Foundation, understandably, considering who's involved with it, um, not just Bob Brown, of course, but other people, has sort of now become the hub all those really good, strong grassroots groups have really come together, haven't they? Yeah, I think um, I think things change over the years, and I think one of the one of the really interesting things and, and one of the positive things about the environment movement is that it, that it is so dynamic, and that we do respond to changing circumstances and situations. And um, at the moment, yeah, the Bob Brown Foundation is is doing amazing things on the ground and um, creating a lot of awareness throughout the rest of Australia. Um, and a, a lot of there's a lot of activists that have been campaigning for a long time in various groups, and we've all sort of come together under the banner of the Bob Brown Foundation. And um, yeah, it's working really well. Oh my God, that's so great to hear because you know after 
when as, as the years go by, you can get a bit worn down with activism and um, it's really fantastic to hear that you're getting all that new support and new people coming in because that's what we need. As big mm. business and government ramp up their efforts to divide us, it's so nice to hear a story about people coming together. Are you able to talk much about like uh, like swift parrot and the other endangered species, what the primary concerns with um, habit, uh, sorry, <laughs> with, habitat, with yeah. species habitat. <laughs> um, so we're working on protection of all, all native forests in Tasmania. Our our line um, and our conviction is that we want to see an end to old growth logging in Tasmania, and the reason for that is is um, there's multiple reasons why we want an end to native forest logging. In Tasmania, so one of them is climate change, and forests are being cleared from this planet at an unprecedented rate. And we're talking about forests here in Tasmania that are ancient ecosystems and that are massive carbon stores. And there's a huge amount of carbon that is sequestered in these forests, and it's worth protecting for that fact alone. Um, another really important fact is that these forests are home to a number of threatened and endangered species, some of which are only found in Tasmania. And we are losing species across the planet also at an unprecedented rate. Extinction is becoming a reality in so many places, and we want to stop that happening for a number of these species in Tasmania. So we have the Tasmanian devil. Um, the Tasmanian devil has had a number of problems over the years, as we're all aware, I think, with devil facial tumour disease. And the Tarkine is one of the last remaining strongholds of the Tasmanian devil. So the more forest and the more habitat that we destroy, the more chance we have of losing this incredible animal. Um, there's also a number of bird species that call these forests home and that can't survive anywhere else. So there's the swift parrot, there's a wedge-tailed eagle, there's a grey goshawk. All of these birds are endangered. They depend on these native forests for survival, for breeding, and the more forests we destroy, the more chance we have of losing them as well. Whilst things are going really well for the campaign, we always need more support, we always need more people, and we're not going to win this campaign just in Tasmania. We need this to be a national effort to save the Tarkine, to save Tasmania's native forests, what's left of them. We need this to be a national effort, and we need as many people as possible to get on board. So if you can come to Tasmania, if you can come and visit the Tarkine, we welcome you with open arms. We would love to see you at camp. We have a permanent camp set up in the Tarkine, and everybody is welcome there so come along experience these forests and get in touch with us get onto our website bobbrown.org.au or look us up on facebook the bob brown foundation we have a facebook page and you can follow what we're up to and if you can't make it down to tasmania or you can't make it to the tarkine there are other ways that you can help out um, we always need donations we always need people helping out in the office and you can also organize fundraisers and you can do awareness raising wherever you are in australia so all of that stuff is incredibly valuable and the more people that get involved in this campaign the more chance we have of saving these places absolutely we've never needed our forests more than we need them now yeah, exactly. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. 
This week, Lisa Searle from Bob Brown Foundation got us up to speed with the rapidly shifting landscape of forest activism in Tassie. As the end of the logging moratorium that came out of the 2013 so-called forest peace deal is rapidly approaching. If you missed some of today's shows, you can listen back on the podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash earth matters. And if you want to find out more about this topic and how to help, go to bobbrown.org.au or check them out on your socials. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in bringing you this program today and the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Melbourne. And we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for now, but tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.